Thank you for that, uh, everybody. Let's um, uh, let's talk to uh, John Bonfilio now, who joins us from uh, Mexico. Uh, John, a uh, very good evening to you. Good evening, Martin. How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad. Waiting for what feels like the 30th tropical storm of the of the season, and actually, in fact, is the 30th tropical storm of the season, which is just ploughing its way nearer and nearer us as we speak. I know, I see the uh, the news, it says overwhelming uh, Central America braces for new storms in the wake of uh, Hurricane <coughs> Etta, uh, and it's going to be, was it Nicaragua that's going to be hardest hit? Yeah, and this is this uh, one of the major problems with, with this tropical storm Iota now, which is um, regarded as, as developing into a hurricane any time over the next day or so, is that it's going to follow almost exactly in the tracks of Hurricane Eta, which devastated um, a number of countries in, in Central America. And actually, you know, significant uh, states just on the corner of, of us here in Mexico as well. And it's going to, and those are countries that are not even, you know, well, well prepared to deal with these kinds of things in the first place. When you've got two plowing through in, in, in a fortnight, um, all hell breaks loose. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, what what do you hear? Do you, do you hear that people are, are moving out? They've battened down the house. I mean, you say they're not not prepared for it. I mean, clearly, it's known that uh, these storms happen. I suppose it's just the case that this one has followed so closely on the on the previous one. It is. I mean, I think there's a number of different things which are which are really difficult in this context. I mean, you you, you get obviously, you know, the, the worst case scenario is uh loss of life which happens in the context of you know sometimes flooding but more often things like mudslides and you know tree collapses building collapses and so on a lot of people who you know don't have very much uh wherewithal at all in these in these communities are, are desperate to protect the very little that they have um so it's not as though they they want to go anywhere and also even if they do want to go anywhere you know wh where are they going to go wh where can they run off to um, nowhere in particular. And where the government has put on shelters in the current COVID context, everybody's terrified of going into those shelters for, for COVID spreading reasons. You are totally right to say, you know, the tropics are well versed and, and, um, it, and no stranger to, uh, to storms and, and, and flooding and so on. In fact, just, um, some friends I was speaking to just in the state next door to where I am here, they, they say, um, to me fairly regularly and they did today that not only does their house flood but they can't go into their toilet during uh, during the rainy season because they've got crocodiles in there like genuinely they have crocodiles come out of the sewers um <sighs> sewers into their into their bathrooms it's at that that kind of level of, of problem and for sure they live with it but it's not you know when when a hurricane barrels in on top of all that then uh then it's it's far from ideal and if you look at the stats for this hurricane season i mean i was you know i mentioned about 30 storms but the stat is 30 tropical storms, 12 hurricanes, five major hurricanes, which is the most in recorded history. Uh, last month, no, two months ago, September was the most active month um, also in recorded history. We've gone into the Greek alphabet. You know, the naming goes to the normal alphabet or the mm. Latin alphabet. But it has now gone into the Greek alphabet for the, for the second time in history since 2005. And 12 hurricanes have made landfall in the contiguous U.S., um, this hurricane season, again, the most in, in history. I mean, these are, these are stats which, you know, it's not just one little peak here or there, but continually they're just building on, um, uh, you know, on, on terrible years and all worst case years in history and then growing and growing. It's the sixth consecutive year that pre-season hurricanes have landed, 
um, in uh, in Central America and, and, and Latin America. So before the season starts, that is, it's just un- unprecedented. And it's you know with climate change, obviously these things are going to continue and amplify as we as we go along. Wow, absolute nightmare. You know that combined with uh, coronavirus. Um, you just can't conceive what, what a nightmare it is. You know, we think we, we complain here that, you know, we can't go and see our granny or something. Um, when you've got those sort of problems there. And of course, because of coronavirus, the, uh, Peru, which has been particularly, uh, hard hit, the, uh, president of Peru has been forced from office. Uh, MPs, uh, voted to impeach him, uh, amid one of the deadliest coronavirus outbreaks in the world. So he's lost his, his post through that. He has also supposed to. You're absolutely right to say that Peru has a, you know, one of the worst um, caseloads of coronavirus. There's a number of things about Peru in particular, which echo uh, a Latin American uh, context, which relate obviously to you know poverty. Like one in two people don't have fridges in Peru, so one in two households don't have fridges, so they have to go out and buy um, and buy food on a regular basis. Not so you can you know do a weekly shop or a, or a twice weekly shop or whatever. Um, uh, 72% of people work in the informal sector, so it's not as though they can not turn up to work. You know, if they don't turn up to work, they, uh, they get no money, etc. So there's been a number of different things which have, which really amplified the situation in, in Peru. And the Congress that has just impeached Martin Vizcarra on, on nominally, um, incompetency related to COVID, but also on corruption charges, um, has basically been saying that really, that it's incompetence. But essentially, and, and actually, you know, the news headline is basically protests, uh, on the streets of, of, uh, of, of Peru, of various cities in Peru, because of the ousting by Congress of, of the president. But really, there's a big subtext here, which is, I know you and I have spoken about this over the course of the last year or so a little bit, but this, the, the, the outgoing president, Martin Vizcarra, who's just been ejected, um, essentially was uh, a beacon, a campaigner uh, for reforms against corruption. And, and Peru is one of the, Latin America is beset by political corruption, Across countries, across the countries, and and across different um, di- judiciary, political parties, presidents, etc. But Peru, in particular, if you look statistically at the situation in Peru since 1985, only one president is not currently in prison, uh, being tried for um, for corruption charges, or has not committed suicide to avoid being charged on corruption charges. Uh, but this, so Martin Vizcarra was the first president to really go against. Um, corruption in Congress and passed a number of laws or tried to pass a number of laws by which Congress could no longer, you know, be on the graft. And essentially this ousting of him by Congress at the moment is basically revenge by Congress, by the senators who, who don't want him around anymore. And that's why there are people on the streets, because yeah. in what are essentially the biggest protests in, in Peru over the course of the last 20 years, because the people are genuinely on his side and they recognize what he's trying to do. And they regard this, you know, what's taken place over the course of the last few days as a political coup in terms of the ousting of the of the of the not so current president yeah as you say it's such a familiar uh, latin american uh, story um now one of the things we've been doing john is uh, looking at um sporting legends from uh, latin america and uh, you're going to tell me this week about big pedro martinez big pedro martinez he was not so big uh, it turns out um there's there's a lot of chat about him having been five foot nine inches tall but all of the all of the anecdotes really suggest that that was very inflated and that he wore um uh, heeled shoes to, to inflame a little bit further because 
also in the modern era, there are really no baseball players that are, that are small and, and successful. So his size was was a big thing. Pedro was a, a, a classic rags to riches story. Born in Santo Domingo in Dominican Republic, uh, fam- poor family, six kids, uh, tin roof, dirt floor, that kind of stuff, and was picked up completely by accident whilst he was carrying his brother's bags to a, to a baseball stadium, and then they started clocking him at, at, at pitching at about 80 miles an hour, so he got sort of fast-tracked through, and as happens across Latin America with, with any baseball talent of note, immediately gets exported to, um, to the U.S. and then became part of the, of the major leagues. And yeah. in particular, what's really amazing about Pedro Martinez is, I mean, in, baseball has m- mythical periods of dominance where people look back on, you know, on, on particular individuals and stuff. Um, but essentially between 1997 and 2003, in a period in which ste- steroid use was rife, and also he was pitching at, at Fenway Park, which is a, which is a hitter's paradise, mm. he was basically statistically the best pitcher in, hist- in history. And in 2000 was twice as good as the, as the next best. Um, pitcher. There's a friend of mine who's a, who's a complete baseball buff and he, he speaks in, in hallowed tones about <laughs> Pedro Martinez and, and says about how he's one of the biggest little men, uh, in, in the, the modern era. An absolutely unique, um, uh, pitcher and baseball player for sure. Yeah, and became the second Dominican baseball player, uh, to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, I believe, in Cooperstown. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and you know, there's a whole list of different things related to his career i mean you're, you're you're right about the hall of fame he also again between the 97 and and 2003 um period he won the he was either voted in first or second into the cy young award which is the best pitcher of, of the year and so on um in 2004 he won he was beginning to to lose some of his his strength at that point but in 2001 he he won the world series um as well just i mean and, and also just so far ahead of the of the competition there's a number of different factors which make him, you know, really, really stand out for for who he was and what he did, and made him achieve complete legendary status. And on the streets of of Santo Domingo, every little boy on the street corner throwing, uh, you know, a, a ball or a rock or an orange wants to be, and has always wanted to be for the last 20 years, Pedro Martinez. Excellent. Big Pedro Martinez, a Latin American sporting legend. Uh, John, um, we'll do another one next week because there's quite a few actually. I was watching a documentary about uh, Guillermo Vias, the uh, tennis player. Um, there was another Latin American sport. So anyway, there, there are loads of them and we'll, we'll do another one next week. Uh, and uh, thanks ever so much for being with us uh, this morning, John. No problem. Take care. Good man, uh, John Bonfilio there, uh, joining us from um, Mexico. Now.